Wow. It's so good to be up here and to see all of your smiling faces. Last night, I spent some time with Joy for Johnny, a ministry here at Dauphin Way that some of you may be familiar with, some of you may not be as familiar with. But during that time, it brought back just a smidgen of my childhood as well as my childhood that came back through Kira. I was able to experience Capri Suns once again, as well as Gogurts. It had been a while since I sat at a table with young kids um, eating dinner together. So I found myself playing follow the leader with a precocious seven-year-old, and I failed miserably. I remembered playing follow the leader as a young girl. It was always fun to play until you had a leader who liked to attempt the extreme. My childhood friends and I were like the kids out of Stranger Things and Stand By Me, but we weren't that interesting. We did not fight monsters or search for decaying bodies. The only thing we had in common with these fictional movie and book characters were the bicycles, the hair, and the 80s-style clothing. We were a diverse group of neighborhood kids in Northern Virginia. Asian, black, boys, girls, white. We were together building ramps for jumping over streams with our bikes. And we attempted to see who could sail the highest after letting go of our swings in midair. We tumbled and flipped, cartwheeled and played chicken with our bicycles. I avoided broken limbs and stitches because Russell, who was a part of our little gathering of misfit kids, was an extreme leader. Compared to my friend Ellie, who was also extreme in her own right, but whom I would gladly follow. When our little group gathered together and they came calling at my door, I decided upon asking who would the leader be, whether or not I would participate for that day. I did not want to follow Russell. So this lectionary passage, similar to my childhood memory, and failing miserably last night at Follow the Leader, is a reminder of what it means when Jesus calls us and how we are to respond. As readers of this passage, we already know the true identity of Jesus from the very beginning of this gospel. See, the conversation in John chapter 1, 43 through 51, takes place where we are the learners, we are the observers, we are the witnesses to what it means to an extend an invitation for others to come and see. Conversations like this happen as we, as God's children, learn to follow Christ. And we learn to share the good news of the gospel with others. See, there is a complex relationship between Christology, which is our understanding of Jesus Christ as the Messiah, 
and discipleship, which in essence is how we respond to God. We respond through giving. We respond through service. We respond through worship and prayer. But yet it is through the incarnation of Christ. It is through the awe of epiphany. It is through the remembrance of the Lord's baptisms that Christology unfolds and manifests itself not only through our willingness to serve God, but through the course of being those disciples who make disciples who make a difference. Jesus calls us. Just like he called Philip in verse 43. Jesus found Philip and said, follow me. And Philip immediately made the decision to follow. He did not complain. He did not ask questions. He did not ponder. He went. And in response to Jesus finding Philip, Philip found Nathaniel. See, this found motif is introduced only in John, and it's introduced early on, and it begs the question, and I want you to think about this for a moment, who finds whom? Do we find Jesus, or does Jesus find us? When you reflect upon your life Did you find Jesus or did Jesus find you? And for some of us, we are still searching and seeking the Messiah. But what really matters is how we encounter Jesus and the actions that we take after that encounter See, this passage is not one of those cases where God takes a sinner and turns him into a saint. This is not the case where God, Jesus Christ, heals the blind man. This is not the passage where Jesus casts out demons. This is one of those cases where God takes Philip, an ordinary person, and makes him something even more. A disciple. When Jesus found Philip, he in turn responded. See, Nathaniel, as a Jewish man, is struck with the notion that the Messiah could even come from Nazareth, a village of around 200 to 400 people. The Hebrew scriptures never mention Nazareth or associate it with a messianic expectations. So when Philip told Nathanael that Jesus was one of whom Moses and the prophets wrote, Nathanael concluded that Philip must be mistaken because he responds, Can anything good come from Nazareth? See, the irony in Nathaniel's confession is based on an assumption or preconceived notion of the Messiah. Can anything good come from out of Nazareth? Even as Jesus calls us, our assumptions can deny the possibility of reconciliation. Our assumptions can deny the possibility of a healing. 
a different way of being or a new life in Christ. Ultimately, these assumptions impoverish our faith and proclaim to others that there is no room for God to show up and act. Our assumptions can hinder us from witnessing God, from accomplishing great things in unlikely places, but thank the Lord that God is not limited by our assumptions. Jesus calls those from Nazareth because it is a place where God transforms, heals, and reveals God's self. See, Nazareth is those neighborhoods that we lock our doors when we drive by at night. Nazareth is those places in other countries that we would dare not visit. Nazareth is those places where we do not know who our neighbors are. But Nazareth is the place where Jesus was born. We have a tendency to reduce Jesus to a narrow Christology word and phrases such as what would Jesus do? We call him friend. We call him revolutionary. We call him radical when Jesus is God incarnate. We are not called to reduce him to narrowness. Jesus calls us. This is the complexity between the Messiah and discipleship. We are called to understand the deepest truth of Jesus Christ. He is the Word of God. And as readers of the Gospel, we know him not as the one who comes from Nazareth, but as the one through whom all things come into being, Jesus calls us. And it is through the grace of God that he transforms the content of our character. See, this gospel was written not to provide us with a blow-by-blow account of Jesus's activities, but to convince us of the importance of discovering what it means to follow me, what it means to share the motif of come and see, what it means to be a disciple that transforms lives. Jesus calls us to see the divine in new ways and not to be oblivious to God's presence in our life. Some of us live right outside Nazareth, and there's still good things that can come from those areas. Jesus is calling us. As Jesus calls us on this second Sunday after Epiphany, earmarked as Human Relations Day, We are to recognize that we are to serve the margins of society. As Jesus calls us, we continue to learn to speak about Jesus through the diverse and inclusive ministries of our church. When Jesus calls us, 
It is the willingness for us to share our space with helping organizations. When Jesus calls us, we learn to speak about Jesus by giving thanks at White Christmas, by singing praises every Sunday morning, by sharing the good news of the gospel, by spreading the good news of what's happening at Dauphin Way, by speaking truth to power when Jesus calls us. We have learned to speak about Jesus through our giving, giving of our time, our prayers, our tithe, and our talent, and by making disciples who make a difference. We are called to follow Christ without complaining Without saying, as Kathy said, I'll get to it later when she did the children's sermon. We are called to serve wholeheartedly. We have an advantage to the disciples 2,000 years ago. We know who Jesus is. But it's the action that we take once we encounter God. That is what matters. God is calling us to go out and share the good news, to go out and speak through our ministries, to go out and let the world know that Jesus is calling. So this morning, let us remember And let us respond to Jesus Christ as he calls each of us to follow him. And let us go. Be those disciples, making disciples who make a difference. Answer the call because Jesus is calling us. Let us pray. Thank you, Christ, for your word, for coming, for serving, for healing, for your truth. Let us know and acknowledge and understand that you are calling us by the grace of God and let us answer your call. We honor you, God, and let us respond wholeheartedly and willingly out of love for you and your world. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen.